0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.
1: sure top roofing presents the carolina contractor with your host donnie blanchard brought to you by gaf roofing shingles and materials we protect what matters most and mid-atlantic roofing supply and garner a roofing supplier with a different approach
2: oh and we're all recovering from thanksgiving the Tryptophan is slowly getting out of the system after Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show. I'm Eric Smith with your host, Donnie Blanchard, who had a keto Thanksgiving. And did you get the uh, dessert you wanted? I did. I did. Yeah. I got it, it before
3: everybody. I, th- I think I might have started with the dessert, but don't tell anybody that. Well, if you want to go to the website,
2: thecarolinacontractor.com, you'll see a picture of Donnie right there on the front. <laughs> and you also learn a lot about the show, including past topics. Last week, we are talking about construction terminology and phrases, acronyms, and stuff you see printed on materials when you go to like a Lowe's or a, a home supply store, and you might wonder what it means. The differences in plywood types and also water heater options, not hot water heaters, water heater options, and what size might be correct for your household. And why not hot water heater? Because it heats the water. The you don't water. have to say hot, right. <laughs> Again, deduct five points from your test at the end of the show if you say that. And also the best way to remove wallpaper. My wife and I went through that process, and I, I recommend hiring somebody. It's not hard. It just There's better things to do with your time. I agree 100%. All right, today's topic is hemp. We mentioned it last week that we're going to be talking about hemp. Mm-hmm. So I said, grab some chips and a couple soft drinks. And now a lot of you are going to be disappointed as we delve into this subject. But we've heard about like a hemp rope and yeah. we hear
3: CBD oils. Mm-hmm. But now hemp, you can make wood out of it. Yep, exactly. And a good comparison is bamboo. If you've ever seen bamboo flooring, it's beautiful, it's hard as a rock, and it's just a. I got a
2: I bought my wife for Christmas last year, a bamboo cutting board for the kitchen Mm -hmm. shaped like the state of North Carolina. Cool. It's as you said, it's just as hard as anything else. And I believe one reason they recommend using bamboo not to get too far off subject is because it uh, doesn't allow growth of bacteria on it. Like when you use it to cut chicken and whatnot, it. It cleans
3: up better. Yeah. What a, a little new thing. fun fact to share with friends and family at home. For sure. Well, this guy who, um, basically he's patented this hemp wood and, uh, you can go right there on the website. I believe it's hempwood.com. And, uh, this is a Maryland based company and they actually bought a facility in Kentucky where this stuff is going to be manufactured or where it is manufactured mm-hmm. this stuff's been in research and development for the last decade but now it's finally here uh and they say that hemp wood is 20% stronger than oak i mean it's that's amazing it, it's mind blowing and uh i actually ordered a sample it didn't come in yet but should get that this week and so i'll be able to put my hands on the product but one more thing that i just found really fascinating is that it grows 100 times faster than oak so they can harvest this stuff at 6 months and that's just hard wow. to wrap my mind around that it literally grows 100 times faster than something that is less dense than than it is so it just doesn't make sense but it's a real thing
2: isn't hard when it's growing so what do
3: they do so basically they make it in a similar way that bamboo flooring is made and and basically they use compressed hemp pulp fibers and it looks and feels like real wood when they're all finished with it
2: this stuff grows much faster than oak it's 20 percent stronger than oak Mm -hmm. So it's basically a wood replacement of a sort or a wood yep. option.
3: Yep, and it's very eco-friendly, which is another thing that's made it so popular. This is a quote from a guy who's responsible for making this happen, and he said that the algorithm of a tree is the foundation of life. Reverse engineering the natural growth cycle and utilizing biomimicry, plant fiber, and protein-based bonding agents makes a beautiful, eco-friendly wood substitute. This dude was smoking something when he said that.
2: Maybe. I know where he got yeah. the idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that sorry, t- that, t- that sounded like t- a hippie to me. I understand it, it, what he meant. It, but. It.
3: He actually did, uh, I think he worked in another country for years and years, and he had his training and background in bamboo flooring, and he used that to carry over to the hemp. But he spent about 10 years developing the, the technology that they use in the bamboo flooring, and basically he tried different plant species like eucalyptus, uh, hemp, Tasmanian oak, and things that are just not traditionally used for mm-hmm. wood or anything structural, and the hemp turned out to be the way to go. What about pricing? Is hemp going to be cheaper, more expensive, or do we know? Uh, Yeah, so they actually say that this is going to be cheaper than wood. So uh, it's not widely available. So when we see it on the shelves and it's a common product in our house, that'll be a better indicator. But more so, it's going to save, you know, it's going to disrupt the $60 billion wood industry because if this stuff can be used structurally and in different applications, it's going to turn everything on its head. You said earlier
2: the time is six months to harvest. Mm -hmm. So in theory, a farmer could switch over to growing this in possibly two crops a year. I don't yep. know the growing season. Absolutely. And then he's just using the same land that he yep. was using for farming, so mm-hmm. he's growing a wood supply
3: in yep. six months without cutting down a single tree. That's it. Tobacco is, is on its way out, and I really yeah. feel like this is the next wave, especially here in North Carolina. And, uh, for instance, we did a roof about a month ago for a gentleman who's building a house, and he's building a big house because he's a hemp farmer. And in his backyard was this huge hemp farm, which I didn't see when I first pulled up. So I get out of the truck and I'm thinking something doesn't smell right around here. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I go up on the roof to measure and I could see as far as the fields would let me see. And, and I understood why, but this is, he was a really neat guy and he said that he is leasing out every acre of farmland available within arm's reach. So apparently, uh, this stuff is flying off the shelves. I don't know the right term there, and, but. And what are the yeah. shelves made out of?
2: Now, do you know? If this is something that is being done worldwide, or is this guy like the innovator of it? Is this something that could benefit the U.S.?
3: Yep. yep. Uh, it, initially, this is going to be an American-made product, and um, I'm sure that it's going to get going in the U.S. because our home building market is still producing at a high level. So, if he can get a foothold and you know start getting building suppliers to to carry this stuff and mm-hmm. floors, flooring suppliers, I think that the floor will take off before the studs or you know, structural members of a uh, uh, building components will will catch on, but uh, I definitely think it's realistic for this to be something that that helps worldwide. Yeah.
2: I just want to let you know you can't smoke the walls or the <laughs> flooring of a house that has this stuff. Yeah. It's not yeah. gonna.
3: The, these floors will not make you hungry. That's right. You wrote here. There's a stock symbol. Is this yeah. the company? So this is the company. It's just HEMP, like hemp, and um, so a publicly traded company. Yeah. You could invest in yep. this in this product you then. could and i am totally going to do that i haven't had time with the holiday week but uh i plan on moving some stuff around and, and definitely getting involved i'm a big believer in this and i just don't jump on board with anything but i think this is going to take off
2: and past performance is no guarantee of future results when investing please seek the advice of a financial expert <laughs> Thank i you. thought i just throw that in for disclaimer certainty. all right now subject you got up here today um i can kind of relate laminate flooring is is come a long way yep. my wife and i have pine hardwood floors mm-hmm. on our old house we we're thinking about having them sanded and refinished mm-hmm. again by a pro someone actually told me they had the same flooring and they decided to get laminate mm-hmm. and they've really enjoyed it and i've seen it in a uh, church my girls go to in awana mm-hmm. or they actually go to awana and the flooring is
3: laminate but unless you really got close to it you wouldn't realize that it. it's come a long way it has i remember i uh, put a floating floor or laminate floor in my old home place that my grandfather owned and uh, it was in the kitchen so it got wet in one area below the sink and then it was just never right again and of course we would start on that side of the room and work away so you'd have to undo a lot to actually repair that but um, the thing that sold me on this is when we were working at the beach uh, after the last hurricane a year ago I started noticing that all these beach properties had this new laminate flooring and the more I looked into it, you know, this stuff was waterproof. So especially on the bottom floor of a beach house, if it were to flood, Lowe's, for instance, has a, a laminate floor out called Smart Core, and they have re-engineered the core of this so that it will not buckle, it will not absorb water. So, you know, technically you could be under two feet of water. Water subsides. You take the floor up, let it dry out, and you can reinstall that very wow. same floor. But a few of the high spots, you know, this stuff is super easy to install. I'm not a flooring guy, and I just put – uh some of this in a house by myself because I was just out of folks to help me and we had a deadline to meet. So, you know, uh set of knee pads and a rubber mallet and I was in business, man. The designs are super realistic now. So where they used to have a few lines and it would mimic, you know, mahogany or maybe a lighter pine or something. Now they have just about every species. It it mimics old older like farmhouse wood where none of the boards match and mm-hmm. you can just uh you can mix up colors even I saw a YouTube video where a guy grabbed two different colors and uh, basically just put those together and it turned out great. And, uh. I've seen the ones that look like stone yeah, and, and things like that. It. it is amazing all the designs they can do. And like you said, you have to really get down on it to realize that it's not real wood because the brakes are so tight and then they've just made it to, to look that way. Um, the enhanced durability kind of goes along with the waterproof that I said, but it, it won't warp and it's just so darn durable for the price, uh, that, that really it's just a, a good option. Uh, this stuff's eco-friendly. That core that I mentioned uh is usually made of a recycled material, but because the durability is so much better than the product they used to have ten years ago, the chances that you'll have to replace this sooner than later are small. So the fact that you're not dumping a whole floor in a trash dump right. in, you know, every ten years, you know, that makes it eco friendly.
2: All right, let's go back to what I said in my house. We have hardwood floors, it's pine, they look great. Mm-hmm. It well, they're due for re sanding and some refinishing. And my wife and I have explored our options mm-hmm. there. What do you know about hardwoods versus sanding and finishing, mm-hmm. whether I don't want to replace them, obviously. Right. But in some cases, I guess if you're going to do a remodel, it's, mm-hmm. is it better
3: just to replace? Uh, if you're going to remodel and you're going to shut your living space off and clean everything out, then uh, you could technically replace those with regular hardwoods and sand and finish those. Uh, the other option is pre-finished. So if you have a living space that you don't want to interrupt with sawdust and mm-hmm. lots of construction workers, the pre-finished is a good option. I'm not a huge fan because I can look at a floor and tell if it's pre-finished. It has a micro bevel on each piece, and this is when two pieces of wood are coming together. Of course, they can't guarantee that each piece will be cut perfectly, but this micro bevel makes those seem uh, what they call seamless. But the difference there is that each piece is... Separated and it doesn't have a continuous polyurethane coat. So if you spill water on that, technically water can get down in those joints, make that wood swell, and when wood swells, this is probably the wrong way to word it, but actually each piece crushes each other where they join, and then when it shrinks back after the moisture content lowers and they shrink back, you'll have a gap Gaps. there. Yeah. I'm a much bigger fan uh, of the. Put down hardwood floors, sand and finish, but that's because we do new construction in most cases and you've got a wide open house. It's not being lived in. There's a lot of dust involved, a lot of loud noise when you're installing these things. But, um, mm-hmm. I guess the pre finished claim to fame is that they have seven coats of polyurethane versus two in a traditional application with the sand and finish method. So that's, that's okay. I had the pre finished in my very first house after college and I had a bulldog and seven coats, 20 coats. It didn't matter. She just tore those floors to pieces. So I'm not so sure that that's really all it's cracked up to be with the extra layers of poly. But I would say definitely a bigger fan of the sand and finish method. So if you're thinking about having
2: someone in, come in to resand your floors, basically you've got to seal off your house and let them take over. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about doing it over a vacation period sometime.
3: Yeah, that's a great idea. Our game plan is to not do anything until the children move out. And uh, we're going to get new furniture and refinish the floors, you know.
2: <laughs> That's when I'm going to paint the walls.
3: <laughs> I'm with you. All right, let's t- move over to tile real quick. Yeah, we covered tile, um I guess, several months ago. Somebody sent a question in, so I referenced some of the stuff we talked about in that show. But basically, um I read a statistic this week that got my attention, and this is kind of tile-related, but over 90% of home-related accidents are from slipping and falling. So having the appropriate floor material and the appropriate place in your house is a much bigger deal than people give thought to. Mm-hmm. Um So basically, with tile, you have two options with the porcelain and ceramic, or those are the two most popular options right. Um, the clay that's used in porcelain is more refined and it's fired at a higher temperature and a greater pressure so that results in a more dense harder tile especially if you're in an area with a lot of cold weather you know porcelain is 100 percent the way to go a few things you want to look for when you pick out a tile is a through body color so if you go to the tile store lowe's home depot flip the tile over and it should be the same color on the top and the bottom a lot of times they just paint the top color on and Basically, if you ever chip that tile or if it's an area like the kitchen and somebody drops something on it and if it chips the tile and it's the same color throughout, you'll never really know it. The other two things are make sure that it's the right grouping. So they have groups one through five, and these are in Roman numerals, but five being the most durable. uh That's normally for like a commercial application where it's a uh, store where there's a lot of heavy traffic and people walking on it all day, every day. I would say group three is OK for residential. It's basically middle of the road, but it can withstand quite a bit of traffic. And um, the other thing is in wet areas, so bathrooms, laundry room, you want to pick a tile that has a high coefficient of friction. This measures in a scale of 1 to 10, but when you buy your tile, be sure to ask, is this okay to use in a bathroom or wet area because uh, you want as much slip resistance in those areas mm-hmm. as possible.
2: Now in a past episode, Donnie, we were talking about the temperature reactive tile. Mm-hmm. This was very cool. If you set something hot on this tile, it would change the color mm-hmm. of that tile. Or yep. I guess cold. Yep. Is that
3: something that still apply? You can apply today to a house. Yeah, you don't see these very often in in the uh, big box stores, but you can ask for these or order these, and they're called temperature reactive tiles. Uh, the concept is similar to what they had for hypercolor T shirts in the eighties, nineties. You remember that? Yes. So you know those are all fun and. When games. I wasn't
2: wearing my mesh.
3: Half shirt <laughs> a belly shirt, I yeah. just had a uh, crazy visual there, okay sorry everybody, yeah. I apologize, yeah, right. um a feature of these temperature reactive tiles that I like is that they have these uh, basically they're glass tiles and they're coated with a thermochromic paint and uh, they put these in a shower so you can imagine turning your shower on it starts out cold and as it gets warmer you know the tiles changing colors you're just waking up with your coffee and disco shower yeah that's almost like a trippy experience but I think it's cool All right,
2: we'll put that information up on the website thecarolinacontractor.com and you can also submit questions to Donnie at that website thecarolinacontractor.com there's a little button to click on and put in your information there and Donnie will answer those emails and then he picks the best of the crop and we answer them on the show and we are going to do that next, so hang on.
1: We'll be back with more The Carolina Contractor presented by Sure Top Roofing.
0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, Sure Top Roofing has been covering Triangle Homes and Businesses. Sure Top Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-pro rated warranty. Suretop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureToproofing.com. Suretop Roofing has you covered.
1: Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor with your host Donnie Blanchard, presented by Suretop Roofing. And welcome back to the favorite part of the show.
2: If you just have to read the questions, it's the Carolina Contractor Show. I'm Eric Smith. Donnie's here ready to take your questions. He's got his thinking cap on. You have a question about your house, inside, outside? Submit your questions to the CarolinaContractor.com, and we have several we're going over. With the first one, on your mark, get set. Go. We heard you mention in the past show that you could have a leak under your house and not know. How can we inspect for that periodically?
3: They actually make something called a water alarm and you could have this installed by a plumber and it will tell you if, of course, there's a change in the water pressure. Um, They have one that actually doubles. It's called a flood and freeze sensor, which I'm a big fan of. And that'll tell you, especially if you have copper pipes, areas that are right there by the crawl space vent are prone to freeze in the wintertime. And, of course, you should let your faucet drip if that's the case overnight, and that's an easy preventative. But I think in the case if someone's paranoid about that or, say, you have an older home or you've had a pipe burst in the past, Mm -hmm. these flood and freeze sensors are pretty darn cheap. I think you can get these for less than a $100, and you'll probably pay more than double that to have a plumber come out, install this in the right place. But I think that paying for his expertise is money well spent.
2: All right, question number 2 submitted to the com. We want to cover our garage floor with epoxy.
3: Do you recommend that? So I like this stuff. I actually worked for a guy who did this and I did this in the summers on the weekends. I used to work 7 days a week and um I was showing signs of a workaholic early on, man. But this stuff was labor intensive to put down. There's several steps through the process. Also, the prep is pretty tedious, but the outcome I think is great. One of the pros of this is just the appearance. I mean, it looks so much better than concrete, and most people just don't take notice of this, but you have two types of concrete, one for your apron or your, say, your uh, driveway area. That's called a broom finish, and when they're finishing this concrete, they take a broom at the end of the process, and they broom the top of it so that it's a little more grippy and it has mm-hmm. uh, a different texture on the top that you know will provide you a non-slip surface. Well, as soon as you breach the garage door or the walk door, basically that concrete turns to what they call a slick finish and they do that so that it's less resistant to absorption of oils and just mm-hmm. anything you might spill. It's easier to sweep out, blow out, clean out. If you've ever been running when it's raining and so you you're carrying over from the broom finish to the slick yep. finish, you know, that's a really bad place to be moving fast. Uh, with wet feet and um, I won't say that the uh, epoxy garage floor provides any less slip resistance there are additives and things you can put in there during the curing process that will will give it more slip resistance and I definitely recommend that but um, aside from that this stuff's pretty affordable I mean per square foot it's cheaper than most floor types and there's only a handful of floor types that are compatible with a garage and tires and that sort of thing but mm. it is affordable uh, durability it's going to last a lot longer than any other options on your floor and um you know, as long as there's not a ton of wear and tear out of the ordinary besides just traffic from pulling a car in and out and, and kids and things like that, then this right. stuff should last a long time. It's protective, so it seals all the pores in that concrete, and it basically it makes even the slick finish uh, more maintenance-free, and cleanup is just a breeze. If there were any cons, I would have to say that uh, the prep – to do this, if you're going to do it yourself, is a bear. The The chemicals associated with the application are not good for you, and it is very strong. Probably a thing like we mentioned uh, earlier, you you might want to check out of the house on a vacation and have this done while you're gone. But, um, you know, it's a one-shot deal. It's really hard to remove if you don't like the color or something, so be sure you get what you like on the first go-round. Are you saying this probably isn't a DIY? It, they sell a lot of DIY kits for this, but I don't think that I would take it on, and I'm pretty handy, so- okay. um especially if you have a bigger garage, you probably want to leave it to the pros because if you don't do this right, it's an expensive mistake.
2: Could you put it on the broom finish of a driveway? Would there be any reason? I'm just curious,
3: oh, you totally can. It's just uh would it, it make sense uh yeah, I think it would involve adding an extra layer because it's just uh the broom finish just has more gaps to fill than what the sleek finish would,
2: okay. Well, there's something you can consider. All right. Another question set to the carolinacontractor.com. Are there any tricks for finding a stud? Just ask our wives. (laughs) Um, We have an old plaster wall and a stud finder does not work well. Yeah, so... There's um, a lot of jokes here. Yeah. Okay, I do you ever go around with a, a true stud finder yeah. and then hold it up to yourself and make it beep and go, hey, it works? Yeah,
3: oh, I, I totally did I, that. I that. We yeah. haven't used a stud finder in about five or six years, and my son helped me hang a shelf in our guest room the other day I went to the stud finder that we haven't used in so long and I pick it up expecting the batteries to be dead. And uh, of course it was still humming right along and Mm -hmm. I kind of ran it across my chest and my son standing there, of course, (laughs) reluctant to help in the first place. And I'm like, wow, can you believe this thing still works? And I'd press the button when it would pass by me and, he didn't get it at first until he saw my wife roll her eyes, and I thought I thought I have the worst dad jokes. But anyway, is there a trick for finding a stud? There are several things I have up my sleeve here, and I've accumulated these over the years. But one thing that's really easy is if you get down on the baseboard, usually the baseboard has been nailed into a stud. So you can't always find a hole, but you can usually find a blemish where somebody tried to putty a hole, and that's mm-hmm. a good starting point. It's much less evasive than anything else. Um The other trick is you can find an outlet because outlet boxes are always, you know, 18 inches off the floor and they're nailed to the side of a stud. A rule of thumb with electricians is they're usually nailed on the right side of the stud. So if you see the box, the stud is usually to the left of that box. Take off the plate uh, on the outlet and usually you can see a little piece of wood there. Even if you can't, you could take like a small nail or something and just go through there and just feel for the stud because, you know, it's not always on the left side. But that's a good way to check and it's only one screw to remove to find that out.
2: And you know the trick with the uh, refrigerator magnets and stuff?
3: I do. So explain that. Basically take a, I don't know, two foot piece of fishing line. Um, if you got a couple of refrigerator magnets that are throwaways, or you could just buy a couple of throwaways, you take the magnets off of the back of those or anything similar to that. And basically you sandwich those together with super glue. And of course the fishing line needs to be in between there embedded in the super glue. So basically you make like a pendulum swinging magnet and, uh, you can run that up a wall, and a lot of times what that'll do is it'll either grab the drywall screw that goes into the stud or a nail that's in the stud. That magnet is just strong enough to penetrate that drywall or whatever the wall surface is, and it'll usually give you a, a good indication on on where that stud is. What I like to do is grab a little piece of painter's tape and just flag that, and then mm-hmm. you measure over every 16 inches, and that should give you a good pattern to find what you need.
2: Now, I'm sure there's an app for this now or something similar with
3: smartphones. They actually have a free app, and uh, this is something, to be honest, I've never used it. I know what it is, but supposedly this uses your device's magnetometer sensor to pinpoint nails. The magnetometer sensor is what's used in the GPS application for your phone to find True North. So it somehow utilizes that same sensor, and it will pinpoint nails, screws, things like that, and just pick those up. Now, uh, if you wanted to get really serious, I'm really impressed by this uh product it's called a wallabot so if you want to think about wall robot from australia yeah
2: yeah.
3: (laughs) it's a -A -A w-a-l-a-b-o-t and i believe the website is just wallabot.com but this thing is fascinating i think it was um originally on as a kickstart oh uh, wow yeah yeah, a startup fundraising and uh, this thing is one of the kickstart companies that really took off but it's a a really neat thing and it connects right to your smartphone but what i like about is it will go through Uh, it'll find metal studs. It'll find wood studs. Uh, It can actually see through concrete. So if you're trying to see if concrete has reinforcing rebar in there, it will pick up the rebar and it actually works. I've seen several videos. I haven't personally tried this out because I haven't had a need for it, but if you are in an older home and you have no idea what's behind the walls, mm-hmm. this thing's about a $60 investment that could save you from poking holes all over the place. And uh, the way it does it, uh, different than a thermal imaging camera, this thing uses a radio frequency to see through and just bounce those uh, radio waves back and tell it what's back there.
2: But I will tell you this. The easiest thing to do is buy a stud finder. Yeah. And now they're putting um, not – they're not true laser levels, mm-hmm. but it actually has a red light with arrows, so mm-hmm. when you're holding against the wall, you can see – where your line is for the center of the stud finder so you can mark it, and then you
3: know where your center mark is for your stud. I'm old school. I can just knock on a wall and tell where it's hollow and where it's not, but uh, somebody taught me that years ago, and I guess if you're ever building a house, I always recommend take about 200 pictures while that thing is in the framing or just past the framing stage after your PME, Mm -hmm. plumbing, mechanical, electrical, before the uh, insulation and the drywall go up. Just take an insane amount of pictures, and I did that when we – uh, first moved into our house and I can't explain as far as my wife hanging things, moving things and, you know, deciding that a towel bar was better on the other wall. It has helped me so much. And, uh, you know, you really don't need a stud finder in that case.
2: All right. We'll put these tips up on the website, com. If you have a question for Donnie go ahead and submit it at thecarolinacontractor.com. He'll answer it. He'll try to get in touch with you. Also, if you have a question about your roof, you wonder if it needs to be repaired or replaced, you know, it's a dozen or more years old, contact suretoproofing.com. Let Donnie and his staff come out there and take a peek at it and give you some straight-up advice on whether it is just a repair or it does need to be replaced. But the best thing Donnie can tell you when he looks at
3: your roof is what? Your roof looks great. Call me next year.
1: Thanks for listening to The Carolina Contractor, presented by Sure Top Roofing. Brought to you by GAF Roofing. Shingles and materials, we protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again.
0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.